0: If you have your Bibles this morning, turn to Exodus chapter 3. I have a couple of announcements I forgot to give this morning. If you are a nursery worker or you would like to work in the nursery, we're going to have a meeting right here, right after church. And uh, it's very important. The nursery is a huge part of the ministry that we have here at the church. It is huge. It allows people to come and to worship and just kind of have a vacation for 30 minutes (laughs) or whatever. And that's not really what, what we want it to be, but it is a good time for people just to hear God and those folks that do nursery, we appreciate so much and uh, thank you for doing that. It is a vital part of what we do. Also, I want to remind you that this evening we're going to have our fellowship out at the campground. All that information is in the bulletin. But if you're coming, you need to bring drinks for your family. We're going to have hamburgers, and you need to bring, we're, we're providing all that. You need to bring desserts and individually wrapped chips and stuff like that. And we're going to have the hamburgers and all that stuff. And we're going to have a great time. Of just We just like to go and fellowship together. It's supposed to be really nice and cool this evening. Uh, bring your fishing rod and we'll go fishing. Uh, we may throw somebody in the lake. I don't know. No. But uh, we want you to come and just have a great time of fellowshipping with the family. All right. We're going to be in chapter 3 of Exodus today, uh, beginning with verse 10. This is when... Uh, uh God is speaking to Moses and uh, in the and in, in, in talking to him about what he is expecting him to do when he goes to Israel and tells them what what 's about to happen that god 's getting ready to free his people so let 's all stand in honor of god 's word let 's read this together out loud. I have hidden your word in my heart. That I might not sin against you. Praise be to you, Lord. Teach me your decrees. With my lips I recount all the laws that come from your mouth. I rejoice in following your statutes as one rejoices in great riches. I meditate on your precepts and consider your ways. I delight in your decrees. I will not neglect your word. Let's begin reading here with verse 10. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God on this mountain. Moses said to God, suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they ask me, what is his name? Then what shall I tell them? And this is interesting because God is saying who he is, not who someone thinks he is, but who he is. God said to Moses, I am who I am. And this is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am who I am has sent me to you. God also said to Moses, say to the Israelites, the Lord God of your fathers, the, Lord, the, God, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my name forever, the name by which I am to be remembered from generation to generation. Go assemble the elders of Israel and say to them, the Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob appeared to me and I have watched over you and I have watched over you and have seen that what has been done to you in Egypt. And I have promised to bring you up out of your misery in Egypt into the land of the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Havites, and Jebusites. I and a land flowing with milk and honey. The elders of Israel will listen to you. Then you and the elders are to go to the king of Egypt and say to him, the Lord, the God of the Hebrews has met with us. Let us take a three-day journey into the desert to offer sacrifices to the Lord our God. But I know that the king of Egypt will not let you go unless a mighty hand compels him. So I will stretch out my hand and strike the Egyptians with all the wonders that I will perform among them. After that, he will let you go. And I will make the Egyptian fathers favorably disposed toward this people, so that when you leave, you will not go empty-handed. Every, every woman is to ask her neighbor and any woman living in her house for articles of silver and gold and for clothing, which you will put on your sons and daughters, and so you will plunder the Egyptians. Let's pray. Father, today, I pray that we would know I am... And I pray that you would be that in our lives today, Lord. And I pray as we open up your word today that we would understand more what that means and that you would make it very real in our hearts today, Father. Give us the, give us the strength that comes from knowing you're with us here right now today. And we ask these things in Jesus' name, amen. Moses, at this time, has been in the desert for quite a while with his family. He's been keeping the sheep. He's in this place and he sees the burning bush and he goes to uh, see what God has to say to him. And as he is in this place, I think he believes that he is just going through life, that he is doing what God would have him to do. He is taking care of his family. He is, this is his lot in life. It's not a lot, but it's his life. And he is going to be a shepherd and that's what he's going to do. But in the midst of this, I believe that God was training him, that God was showing him how to live out in the desert, that God was showing him how to survive. God was teaching him and preparing him because he's getting ready to take all of these people on a camping trip for 40 years. And you have to understand that where they're at, they are not really uh, ready to go on that. And God is training him up for this. And it's interesting to note that what God says to Moses in this discourse, it sounds like uh, Moses doesn't have very much faith in himself, but the truth of the matter is he doesn't have very much faith in God. He sounds really humble. He says, oh God, who, who am I that I would be able to do this? And that's how verse 11 starts. And, and he says, but Moses said to God, who am I? I think it's interesting that God answers I am later on. Moses is asking who am I when he needs to know the I am. And I think sometimes we come to God and, and we have maybe a little bit of false humility and we say, oh, God, I, I don't think I can do this. And I'm just too weak or I'm just too, too, I just don't have the strength or I just don't have the talent or I don't have the resources. And we say, oh, God, who am I? And we're talking to the I am. We forget the I am because we're worried about ourselves. We forget what God can do through us because we don't know him. We're looking at ourselves instead of God. And this is where he is. And last week we talked about identity. Moses' identity here is not with God yet. He's still looking at himself. He's still looking at his own strength. He's still looking at his own ability to speak. He's looking at his own ability to lead. He is not looking at what God can do through him. His identity is Moses. It is not God working through Moses. And as we talked about last week, our identity is not to be us. Our identity comes from God. Our identity comes from God himself. God is not interested in the things we can do by ourselves. He is interested in what he can do through us. And Moses is at this place where he is looking at a God-sized job and trying to do it with man-sized strength. And he doesn't believe that God can do this through him. He is not looking at who is I am. He is looking at who am I? And he says, I'm too small. But what he's really saying is, God, you're too small. I don't believe that you can do this through me. And isn't that the way we are? We act like we're humble and we say, well, God can't, God can't use me in this way or God can't do this. And what we're really saying is God can't do this. We 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 act like we don't have faith in ourselves, but the truth is we don't believe that God can do it. And we think God can't do this today. He did something way back then, but he can't do it today. He's done works in other people's churches but he can't do it in our church. He's brought things in other people's towns but he can't, he can't do that in this town. There's something special about this town. And God can't do that in this town. He, can, he saved other people's homes and he's brought other people's marriages together and he's worked in other people's kids' lives and he's worked in other people's homes. But this is a special, special situation and, and God can't do that in my home. God can't do that in my life. God just can't. He's too small. And it sounds so humble, but it really is a lack of faith in God. And it was a lack of faith for Moses, and it is for us. And we've all been there. Like our president says, I know it, you know it, everybody knows it. We've all been there. We've all been at this place where we're just, where we, where we just, it's the things that God speaks into our lives is so great that we think, yeah, but... You ever notice that when you say "but," the whole thing that you said before is over? God, I believe you, but no, you don't. As soon as you say that, it's over. And so we say, "God, we know you can do this, but anyway." We see ourselves, and we see we look at what God said before us, and we see our weaknesses. We see our power. We just see our resources, and these weaknesses and this lack of power and this lack of faith becomes our identity. And we're not getting our identity from the Almighty God. We're getting it from human. We're getting it from the human perspective. And we just see things as they are. And I'm telling you what this morning, folks. I want to stay on this just a little bit longer. Our identity has to come from Christ. We have to believe that the things that... that, We are a child of the King. Do you know that? Do you, do you hang on to that? Do you believe that? Do you live like you are a child of the Almighty God that Christ lives in us? We don't have to operate out of our own resources. We are called to operate out of the God's, out of God's resources who holds and makes. And if we needed something else, He could speak it into being. Do you understand that? I think sometimes we think there's not enough resources. You know what? If God wanted some more resources, He could speak them into being. This whole world lives, well, we don't have enough oil. We're running out of oil. Do you know what? If God wanted to have us more oil, he could give us some more oil. If we ha- if God, anything that got or make something new that we have never seen before and plop it in our laps and say, here you go, run your cars on that. God is not, he is limitless. And he can provide, and if we don't have it, he can create it. And he can still do that. And Moses is at this place where, where he is just, God has called him to do this and he is looking at things from his identity and he can't see God. And so he brings up this great point. Moses brings up this point and he starts off with, I can't do this or I can't do that. And then he starts in and he says, you're the God of my fathers. And God brings this up too. And God says, I was the God of Jacob and Isaac and and Abraham. And God brings this up. And Moses knows that. But to Moses, I think that when Moses brings this up, he's saying, I know you did things back then. I know you did things in Abraham's life. I know you did things in Isaac's life. I know you did things in Jacob's life. But I haven't seen it. And, and he wasn't, he said, he, and when Moses talks like this, he's saying, yeah, you were God back then, but you're not God right now to me. You ever felt like that? God had appeared to those guys a long time ago, but that was, that was years ago. And there's a lot of this that goes around today. People, people are, their God is the God of someone else. My grandma knew God, bless God. She went to church every Sunday and, 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 and my grandma did that. And, and I'm hoping that that's enough for me. What? My mom and dad, you, you can't believe how many funerals that, that we go to. And, and, and people will say, well, my mom and dad went to church and they had this wonderful relationship with God. Well, how about you? Well, you know, I mean, that's just, it's, that was their deal. And this is kind of where Moses is at. Moses is, is, is going to have this wonderful relationship with God. But right now, it's something that was. He doesn't have it right this second. He's going to, but he's, he's saying, that was, that was then, and, and I don't have this thing now. And, and, he's, and he's talking about that. And sometimes we have that. Sometimes it's the God of my grandma or the God of my mom or the God of my dad. And and that was something or the God of the church that I went to way back when or the God of whoever from when back, whatever. I don't think that's even a phrase. But anyway, it's, it's the God of something that was or something that happened to me way back when. We were talking about a membership class this morning. I can't tell you how many people you ask them, where do you stand with God? Well, bless God, I got baptized when I was 10 years old. Has anything happened since then? I'm glad you got baptized when you were 10 years old, but that's not what God wants. God is not the, bab- the, the, the God of, of, of 20 years ago. God is the God of what happened this morning when you woke up. What is going on right now, right now, now now now. God, that is God. That is God. And it's not well, I had a I had a time at the altar fifteen years ago or whatever, and, and and I got it. Well, I'm glad you had that time. But is it still real today? God wants to be up in the middle of everything you're doing all the time. And when Moses talks like this, he's saying that was that was way back when. And it's not good enough for Moses and it's not good enough for us. And it seems kind of like a smart remark coming from Moses. But I'm going to tell you, I think he's really seeking God in this. I think he really is. I think, uh, and and he's he's being honest because he knows what the people are going to ask. He knows what they're going to do. The people are going to be the same way. They're going to ask, who is this that's talking to you? It's been, they've been in slavery for 400 years. I'm just going to tell you, if you've been in slavery for 400 years, I think it would be really hard to believe in God. I think it'd be really hard to get up every morning and go, well, God is with us. Really? Because it don't look like it. We've been here for 400 years. Every, by this time, everyone you knew, all they had ever known was slavery. Do you understand that? That's a little over twice as old as our country. If we had been in slavery for 400 years, that is all you ever knew. That's all your daddy ever knew. That's all your granddaddy ever knew. Now, your great granddaddy might have known something before that or had known someone who knew something before that, but it is all you've known forever. And you come in and say, hey, God spoke to me. Who? Who spoke to you? You know, the God of way back when. I don't even know way back when. It's been way back when, when is so way back when I can't even they can't even grab a hold of that. And their life is so miserable. I got to be thinking that many of them are like, I don't know who you're talking about. I've heard about it, but I'm going to tell you, I've been alive for all these many years and I've never seen it. All I've seen is slavery. And so here they are and they've got this hard job of trying to figure this out. And what's your answer going to be? And God could have given many answers. I got to looking up all the names of God. There were so many of them. I couldn't keep track of them. But I think it's very interesting that when you ask God what his name is, it doesn't matter what people say, well, who's, who's God? And people always have all these interesting names, and and, and and it's interesting. But when he is asked, when Moses says, hey, what's your name? I think it's important that we understand what God calls himself. And the name that he gives is, I am And this is an interesting name, and and we're going to kind of be sitting on this for a few weeks. We're going to talk about what does I am, because Jesus talks about I am a lot. He says, I am this, I am that, and all these things. But in this spot, God just says, I am. I am that I am. And what it really means is, and I've been trying to figure this out and get my mind around it, it means I am now. I am I'm here, I'm here right now. I am in the midst of whatever, I'm here and I'm now. And it's not the God of I was, and it's not the God of I will be. It's the God of I am, and I am right now. And God understood how Moses felt, and he understood how the people felt, and they were not gonna be able to get a hold of what was. What was, was too long ago. What was, was so long ago that nobody living could remember it. What was, was not going to be able to help him. And lots of times people go, well, I remember that old time religion. Well, we, nobody's seen that. Nobody knows what you're talking about. And what was, isn't going to help me today. And lots of times that you talk about the future. I'm going to tell you, they had seen slavery so long. They didn't even know what to think. They didn't even know how to look into the future. And and lots of times we talk about when people see things and this is the way that it's going to be and and, uh, this is what we see in the future. And when we talk like that, then people today can kind of see because they've seen God. These folks had not seen it or heard of anything for a long time. And what was was not going to stir anything up in them. And what could be, they couldn't even imagine it because all they knew was slavery. Every day, year after year, century after century, that's all they knew. They couldn't see out. And so when God is asked, what is your name? What am I supposed to tell these people? God didn't say, well, tell them I'm the God that was. He doesn't say that because he knows they can't figure that out. He knows that ain't gonna mean anything. And he doesn't say to him, well, I'm the God that's gonna get them out and they're gonna have freedom and they're gonna have all this and all that. And he doesn't say that's his name either. He says, I am now. I am gonna meet you in the midst of this place where you are and I am now. And that's all I'm promising you. I've got something for you in the future, but I know you can't see that. I am going to be with you now. I am. And that's what God says he is. And I'm going to tell you, this morning, some of you are in the same place that these guys are right now some of you have been in a situation or you have been in a sin or you have been in a habit or you have been stuck in something in your life for so long that if I came to you this morning and said it's going to be all better in a year from now you'd be like you don't know you don't know pastor that's some pie in the sky something another you don't know you don't know how long. I've been stuck in this for so long. You, you can't even see your way out. I know that. I understand that. I understand. There are times that we get in things and you're just with your head. You just put your head down and you keep on going and you can't see a way out. I understand that. And I'm going to tell you what this morning, God is not saying this is, I'm not going to promise you everything's going to be rosy in your future, but I can promise you this. God says, I am here right now and I can meet you. And he told him, I'll meet you in the middle of slavery. And if you trust me, I'll get you out, but I'm not promising you when, but I'm going to tell you it's going to be good, but just trust me now. Don't trust for that. Trust me now. I am, I am, I am, I am, I am here right now. And that's what God promises us. And you and all of you have known and and if you if all you have known is slavery and all you have known is whatever it is you're in right now it's hard to see in the future but God says I'm here right now. And Israel would have had a hard time seeing the God of the future and so when Moses says who are you he says I am right now. I'm just thinking about you Right now, her home and everything is right there in the midst of the storm right now. Where's Mike? His family. I mean, right now, they're in the midst. They're in the midst of it. I'm going to tell you what. I can't tell you what was or what will be, but I can tell you God's there right now whatever's going on, God says, I can be right there, right now. Whatever your home situation is, God says, I can be there right here, right now. Whatever your school situation is, whatever you're facing with whoever and whatever's going on in your life, I'm gonna tell you kids, God says, I can be there right now. And he will, and he can get you through. I promise you, I promise you. He says, I am here, and it's present, and working, and he is the provider, he is the protector, now, now. He is the counselor, he is wisdom, now, now. And out of all the names that he could have used, all the names we, we have a, a thing in membership classes, and we and we ask who who is God to you? And people always say, well, you know, He is He is my comforter because sometimes they have needed comfort. He is my Savior because sometimes another we have all needed a Savior. And people say, well, He is my protector because I've needed protector. And somebody has sometimes needed healing, and someone will say, He is my healer. And we'll just ask names, and there's all these names. He is my Father. He is my friend. And He is this, and He is that. And those are all names that are used to describe God and they are good names but when God says about himself he says I am now I'm here and I'm with you and that's all you need and it was not I was it was not I will be it is I am here now and I think that that's important to remember today because he is still I am He is still himself. He is still I am. He's not my grandpa's God. He's not my granny's God. He's not my mom and dad's God. He is their God. But he is here for me right now, every day, every moment. And he seeks to be your God right now, not the God of someday, not to God, of when, when I get cleaned up and I get things straightened out, when I get this stuff straightened out in my life that's going on, when, when I can get that straightened out, then he'll be God. No, he says, I wanna be up in the middle of that right now. Don't, you, you will never get it straightened out by yourself. Do you understand? People say, well, you know, I, I've got, I'll, I'll wait until this is done, and then when I get to this point in my life, then it'll be God. No, he says Now. I'll wait, i wait till, i wait till I get some kids. If we, if when we have kids, then we'll get our kids together and we'll get our kids and then we'll all get in church. No, now. Uh, I'll wait till the kids are grown up because we're so busy with them right now. So we'll wait till the kids are grown up and then we'll get in the place where we need to be. Now. I am now. God needs to be in the middle of everything you're doing, no matter where you are. And kids will say, "Well, I wait till I get out of school. When I there's so much temptation in school, and, and when I get out of school, when I go to college, then then there's more temptation there than anywhere else. And then and then, but when I get out of college and I get married, when I get married, then there will be no more temptation, and everything will be great, and there will be no more troubles when I get married. Mm-mm. That is true. That is so true. <laughs> They're just It's not that way. It's not that way. And if I get, if I just, when I get this job, if I could just get this job, if I just made this amount of money, then everything, and then God needs and wants to be right now. There is never a point in your life other than right now when you need God. You need him now. Not way back when or in the future. You need him now till you get to the future. He needs to be your future. He wants to be that now. God wants to be your I am right where you are right now. And he wants to be with you in the future, but he wants to go with you till you get there. People always say, well, you know, when I get, yeah, whatever. Won't you let God go with you till you get there? Why don't you just travel with him all the time? Why don't you just have him in you all the time? God is saying, here you are. You've been in slavery 400 years, but I am here now, and I'm going to deliver you now. Some of you have more in common with these folks than you think. Some of you have been in bondage. Some some of you are in bondage this morning. And you have a habit or you have a thing in your life or you have a, a desire or an attitude that has been with you so long that it is so much a part of who you are that you cannot imagine being out of it. And God is saying, I am here now i'm here now it's you're not going to get over get over it with me don't try to get over it without me let me come in and let me change everything now let me get rid of those things that hold you captive and keep you from being what you want can be right now i'm here now someone here today you you've come to church and you think well i'll get right in the future when things are different, when my job is different or my kids are different or when my responsibility is different and God says, let me, have, let me come right now. Right where you are. God wants to clean you up right now. That is what he wanted with his people. And that's what he wants from you today. Is God the Lord of everything in your life right now? Is he your I am right now? Lance, I want you to come. I want everybody to stand. This is a really simple message. God had a really simple answer. For all the people's problems. You understand they had 400 years of problems backed up on them. 400 years of Slavery and bondage and no freedom and all this stuff—four hundred years laying on them—and you know his only message to them was, it wasn't okay. We're going to get in a group and we're going to talk about this and we're going to get over this and we're we're going to have some things and we're going to. He says, "I am." He says, "I am." What's your what's your answer for this? I am. What are you going to do in this, God? What about when they say this, I am? What about when they have doubts in me, I am? I don't care where you are or what's going on in your life this morning or what's weighing you down or what has you in bondage or what you can't get through. These guys had 400 years of it. There's nobody here with 400 years of that. There are some of you that may have some cycles in your family. But God can get you out of that. He got these guys out of 400 years of bondage. He can get you out of whatever is dragging you down this morning. And he comes to you and he says, the answer is, I am. You say, Pastor, what does that look like? I don't know. I don't know. But I can guarantee you that this morning, if you come and you say, God, you know what's holding me bondage. You know what's in, in God. Just Come he changes things. How does he do that? I don't know, but he does. And I know this much. If God's speaking to your heart this morning, you need to come. You need to pray and you just say, God, whatever you want, I want. Whatever you want to do in my life, I want to do. If there's sin in your life, repent this morning and say, God, take it away. Take that slavery away and be my I am. Now. Not what was, not what will be. He says, I am now. Somebody here this morning needs to make God your I am right now. If God's speaking to you, do it. He's here. He's moving. I'm feeling him. He's strong. As we sing this morning, just come and let God work in your life this morning. He wants to be I am right now.